on October 10th, 2010, the database that powers stackoverflow.com, one of the top 200 destinations on the internet, melted. Every day, the Chaos Monkey is going to randomly pull the plug on one of our servers. Our database was, was missing. It was just gone. <laughs> I'm deleting rows from one place. If I'm deleting from the wrong table, the whole site will be totally broken. You don't have all three days to think about, oh, what's the best way to do this? You know, it just has to get done. I fully expected to see something big like fire or something catastrophic. <laughs> Sam's thoughts are, I can, I can fix this. I can make it work. My thoughts and, and others in the group were just, let's, let's just get it working. I haven't drunk for hours. And I haven't done anything. I've gone to the toilet. I haven't done anything. I'm sitting in front of the computer. My fingers are on the keyboard. The only thing that I'm thinking about is this. And do I trust myself? Remember that scene in Pulp Fiction when they're about to put a syringe in Uma Thurman's breastplate? What's wrong with her? She's all dead! Get her the hell out of here! Get her the shot! shot. You! You too! She's getting the shot. I'm gonna go get my little bike medical book. I mean, they're gonna jab this thing into her heart with no medical training, and you felt that sense of pressure. You'll never give it an adrenaline well, shot! I don't have to, alright? I don't go to it with a bunch of bubble gums. My face can't handle that. Get the shot! I am if you let me. I You're gonna give it a shot. Well, you're gonna give it a shot. I ain't giving her. I ain't giving her the shot. I never done this yeah, before. I ain't never done it before either. All right. I ain't starting now. Look, you brought her here, and that means that you're gonna give it a shot. <laughs> that was fucking trippy. <laughs> You're a dev, one of the top sites of the internet, and it's just overdosed. The syringe is in your hand. What are you going to do now? That's the theme of our show this week, Pressure, Pressure with a capital P. Talk to the Stack Overflow team, find out how they handled it when their site went offline back in October of last year. This Developer's Life is brought to you by Codebrush for Visual Studio. We appreciate their support. With consume-first declaration, powerful templates, smart selection tools, intelligent code analysis, innovative navigation, and an unrivaled collection of visual refactorings all working together, your development productivity will increase dramatically. Get Codebrush. You'll be glad you did. Check them out at devexpress.com slash codebrush. Every web developer wants to believe that the site they're working on just might explode into popularity and become super high capacity and relevant and important. Give us a chance to flex 
our engineering muscle as a software developer. See that amazing site over there? That one, yes, that does a million hits every hour. Yeah, that was me. I built that. I keep that thing running. The truth of the matter is it really just doesn't happen that often. But this last April, when I was in Las Vegas at Microsoft's Mix conference, I got to meet a group of developers who actually do have to do that every single day. It was a Stack Overflow team, and I got to talk with Sam Saffron and Jeff Dalgas. And I couldn't help myself. I said, what was the worst thing that ever happened to you? And they all started to laugh. And they said, well, that would be when StackOverflow.com exploded. And I looked at Jeff and I said, details, please. Tell me all about this. What was your reaction? What went down? What happened? It's almost like your child is in jeopardy. I guess that's the best way I can explain it. Even I've just become a new parent and it, I, I liken it to, uh, you just hear that, that scream that's off in the distance. And you're like, oh no, something really bad is happening. I need to do something about this. And uh, that may be a little dramatic, but I, I, that's kind of how I feel about working with the Stack Overflow group and the technology and the, the, the team. So it's just something, if this is our baby. I need to figure out what, what's, what's happening. I always sleep with my my phone on and my laptop next to me. And my wife hates this, but this is this is the way I live my life. Lived my life back then when we didn't have a real system administrator whose job was basically to do to be maintaining our servers. It was my job and I don't classify myself as a system admin. So the first thing you do when you get that call is to run in to grab I grab my laptop, open it up, try and, and try and get to the site and Chrome's telling me that uh, the system site's down, wireless is working fine, everything in my house is working fine, but yet I can't get to any of the sites. At that point, it's a sense of panic, a sense of fear, a sense of uh, disbelief that, how, I mean, what could have possibly gone wrong to get to the point where not, not just Stack Overflow, but all of our sites were just go- gone off the face of the internet. It's three in the morning. As a web developer, having your site go offline, let's just say that's one of the worst things you could face. Your phone pings, it's your notification service, it pings again, and then again, and you get up and you realize this is serious stuff. You've got to do something, but what? The site, your servers, your database, everything's gone. If we can't get to our site, there's nothing that we can do other than hop in my car and drive down to the data center to find out what it is that that happened. Because I'm expecting something big. Like, if we can't get to anything on our sites, it's, it's a big deal. So, yeah, I'm hopped in my car. I'm just driving down the road. Didn't even mention it to my wife. Left her a little note. Said, I'll be back soon in case she happened to wake up headed to the data center, and uh, it's only about a mile and a half down the road from where I live. I can only imagine that drive. Sights offline. You don't know what's going on. Can you imagine the thoughts going through your mind? They're not able to use this thing that you've built, the thing that you've considered to be your baby, your child, the thing you've worked on. I mean, that's the pressure. That's when the pressure comes in. So... So after I headed to the data center, I noticed right away that the uh, there's a lot of commotion. There's a lot of people moving around that shouldn't be at that hour. 
normally aren't at that hour, especially being three in the morning. I have a key that I can, I can get myself in. I uh, hit, the, hit the key and uh, open the door and head, head into the colo. At the time, the Stack Overflow servers, which were carefully built custom by Jeff Atwood, were co-located at an ISP in Corvallis, just a mile away from Jeff Delgas's house. So he got to babysit them. Most of the people have seen me before and know who I am. That's just living in small town Corvallis. You know, that's the advantage of that, <laughs> I guess. I fully expected to see something big like a fire or something catastrophic that had happened. Obviously, there's a lot of redundant systems that ISPs have. It means something really, really bad has happened. Um, so when I, when I opened the door, I, I did. I fully expected to see uh, maybe fire, fire department, fire trucks in the driveway, something that just that worst case, the one where, you know, the, one, the big one. There's uh, electricians, and there's uh, the people that I expected I, I expected to see, but not maybe not in three in the morning. Uh, the normal guys running the data center there, uh, they all um, were bustling around and not actually even really interested that I was there at the when I first walked in. And so it just took me a matter. I just walked over to where our servers were and uh, opened up the case to expect to at least just look at my servers just to see if they were working, if they were on. When things go wrong with some mechanical object, we need to see it with our own eyes, see if we can fix it or divine what happened to it. On the face of it, I mean, Jeff going to his ISP to go stare at his server, it almost seemed a bit ridiculous. I mean, what's he going to do just by looking at it? Is he going to be able to crack the lid and manually start his database by flicking the hard drive with his thumb? I mean, possibly. Jeff's a talented dude. But seriously, what could he possibly do? Turns out, he did the right thing. And sure enough, uh, all of them were completely dark. You mean the power was out? Was it like someone kicked the plug out of the wall? Uh, it was. It was a power outage. And uh, later found out that it was a power outage as a result of some, some upgrades that were happening. Oops. Well, it seems like a simple fix, but... Something tells me this isn't the end of the story. After the power comes back, uh, first thing I do is I check to see if the sites are uh, are gonna are the the database the, the 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 engine the big power horse of our entire system. So that thing gonna is it gonna come on? Is it gonna live? Um, it's just a simple matter of opening up, opening up a SQL Server Management Studio and watching the databases just come online first. And I, in the past, we've even primed the cache manually prior, prior to turning our sites live. So we'll, we'll, because of the amount of data, we'll have to select it, like do a select star on our largest table and get it all into, into memory first. So I was expecting to do that. Just open up SQL Server Management Studio and and run a select on the on the hosts table we have and get it all loaded. But looking at SQL Management Studio, it was clear that our database was, was missing. It was just gone. <laughs> so the actual boxes that firestackoverflow.com, well, they're up and running. 
the web server is running, app server is running, even the database server is running. But when Jeff logs into it, goes to try and prime the database pump, so to speak, finds out that the actual file, the database file containing all the data is corrupt. SQL Server refuses to serve it because it thinks it's suspect. After I had found out the database wasn't alive and wasn't, wasn't responding at all in SQL Server Management Studio, then uh, I, had, I notified the team I had brought my laptop so that I could at least get on, on the wireless and talk to everyone while I was there in the group chat. So I uh, fired that up and just started having a conversation with, with Sam about well, what do we do, f- what, where do we go from here? Um, database is off, is out. Uh, is there anything that I missed? Is there anything, any magic that you have that I, because I was at that point thinking, well, the best thing that we can do is uh, just restore from backup, which was several hours old, and that would look, that would look pretty bad. So just trying to assess the situation. I also fired off an email to Bren Ozar, who happens to be an, ama- uh, an amazing DBA as well. So I was getting, I was starting to ring the bells at every, every bell that I could figure out. Like, this, can this person, does he have any more knowledge? After I, I had exhausted all of the avenues that I expected just to doing simple, performing simple you know, SQL uh, alters to try and figure out if I can, if I could get the database back online all but you know without without any assistance it's at this point that the stack overflow team faces a very interesting set of decisions they can just restore the database and the service it's a five hour old backup and they're going to lose some data unfortunately to complicate matters their supreme leader jeff atwood isn't around he's at a conference literally giving a talk at the time all of this is going down so he is completely offline and unavailable So the team has to make the call. Do we start the service? Do we go with a five-hour backup? Do we lose five hours worth of data? Or do we try and rescue this situation? Can we rebuild this database? I also was more interested in getting our service back up and running than than recovering the database uh, as as it was. I knew that it's very possible to to restore from backup. That was there was no question of that. Uh, That that was all functioning and and had been tested quite quite well actually several days before um so that was that was not a question uh for me i i wanted the service up and there was some heated discussion around hey let's just get this thing working because the longer we're down the more people are more people are gonna notice the more people are gonna think that we basically don't don't have a clue or know what we're doing Sam's thoughts are, I can I can fix this. I can make it work. Uh, whereas as my thoughts and and others in the group were just, let's let's just get it working. I'm I'm thinking back back of my mind. Well, what would Jeff Atwood do? What would he say? What would he? <laughs> that's also th- something that's that's reoccurring in my 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 brain. And uh, I know that he would be like, let's let's just get this thing back. Let's get it working. Faster the better. There's no excuse for being slow. Your big website is offline. Thousands of users are yelling at you on Twitter. Jeff Atwood is your boss and you can't get a hold of him. And you need to make a decision. Do you get this service back online right now? Or do you try and restore some lost data and avoid the backlash that is sure to come? 
some point, uh, you know, we were able to come to a consensus that uh, it was it was easy enough. To, we kind of compromised, really. I mean, it was easier easy enough to restore the database in parallel with what Sam was working on. So, I you know, I began that process of just let's get the let's get a restore going. Let's get the database back online. And in the meantime, Sam was able to work his work his magic on the. He was able to get the database to the point where we could get data out of it. Uh, we actually thought we had it at one point in the middle of of the restore, and uh, looked to be like it was functioning properly in in Management Studio. Uh, so we thought we could bring the sites back online at that point, and tried, attempted once, and ended up with just a massive amount of exceptions in our in our error log and they were not ones that we had ever seen before we've ever seen SQL produce um, very low level very diff- <laughs> exceptions you just don't want to see well the servers are back online Jeff's done his job now we need to piece this data back together that's coming next we talk to Sam Saffron That's all I can do Well, next up we talk to Sam Saffron, the data magician for Stack Overflow. The easy part is seemingly done. Turning the servers back on. Now we got to piece this database back together. Unfortunately, as Sam's about to find out, he's the only one that can pull this thing out. Or, to put it another way, Sam's going to try and land this database in the Hudson. And then it's a real thing. This can either work, and if it works, then um, all the people that posted their questions and answers in the five-hour gap are going to be happy because that information is going to be there. They're not going to have to re-enter it, or it could fail, and probably the site will go down for a while. Some really messy things could happen. If I made a big mistake because I'm deleting rows from one place, if I'm deleting from the wrong table, the whole site will be totally broken. If stuff is out of sync, it's going to take us forever to repair it and the site will just kind of work, but not for those particular pages. So the stakes just got raised a little bit here. This isn't just about rescuing data, rescuing credibility. This is about upping the ante. If Sam fails, then the database could get corrupted further. They could corrupt the only backup they have, waste time, and not get back online. Man, this is getting intense. I have, I have uh, five hours of data that I want to rescue and I have this confidence that I've done this before. I trust myself. Nerves and other things made of steel. There is, there is that, that moment that you're going, yeah, uh, do I really trust myself? I've, I've made off by one errors before. I've made mistakes in queries before. And now I have this magical confidence that at three o'clock in the morning when I'm totally tired and 
had my head in the computer and haven't drunk for hours and haven't done anything, gone to the toilet, haven't done anything. I'm sitting in front of the computer, my fingers are on the keyboard. The only thing that I'm thinking about is this. And do I trust myself? It's, it, there's that going on and there's questions on Meta. What's going to happen with all of our questions? Meta is meta.stackoverflow.com, a place where you can ask questions and get answers about Stack Overflow itself. Questions like, Why, What is going on here? What happened? When is this going to be fixed? Is this all lost? Is it all lost indeed? So put yourself in Sam's position. He's sitting there. He's trying to juggle all the team members who are now online. They're across the globe. They're now on Skype. Skype's going badoop, badoop, badoop in your ears. Everybody wants to know what's going on. Meta is going off. Thousands of users upset. Jeff is wondering, is this a good plan? Do you really need to do this data now? Can't we just get the service back online? And all of a sudden, the pressure is mounting. Is this team going to stay together? And there's this trust. There's this trust. The team trusts that I'm going to do the right thing. And in, in that crisis situation, there's this um, known thing in the team that you own the mistakes that you make. And I make them regularly and I own them and I try and get the situation better. Um, but I'd say at that point in time, it was like, do whatever you have to do. Uh, if you believe that, if you really believe that this can work, we, we, we trust you. We, we know that you're capable of this. And I don't think anybody was thinking, oh, oh no, this is going to blow up. Everything is going to be bad. Uh, it already did. I mean, we were already recovering from a very bad situation. I guess there's also, people didn't see the scripts that I was writing. You know, there was no peer review. For a lot of this, it was kind of, Sam, review it yourself. Make sure that you don't make mistakes. You couldn't read it. <laughs> it wouldn't make sense. I mean, you're, you're, you're doing all sorts of pretty sophisticated um, tricks to get this data massaged in. And, and yeah, you know, it's written for me. It's not written for anybody else to read. It's written so it's clear to me what I'm doing, but... Um, honestly, if I looked back at that script today, I'm not sure if it, I'd understand it in like half an hour. It would take me a while. Sam's on his own. Pressure is mounting literally by the minute. He's got to write this script that no one can review but him. You know, at some point, you got to think about this and think, man, this is just a job. I'm doing this for a paycheck. Is this really worth it? I asked Sam that. Did you ever question what the hell you were doing? This is more than a job to me. Um, for me, like I see, I see my, I see us as people who provide a framework for other people to interact, and um, and the job is bigger than, and the actual thing, Stack Overflow, is bigger than the job. The information will be there when the company isn't there because it's all Creative Commons. Well, just to let you know, that's Sam's daughter. Woke up from a nap, a little bit cranky, guest appearance on our podcast. The programmers are the ones that are providing all the value to others. And my job is to uh, make sure that, that the, the, the ship keeps on sailing. And 
That is more, that, that's like a service to my fellow programmers. So for me, I don't think, ah, oh, yeah, you know, in other jobs, I wouldn't have this pressure. Uh, why worry about it? I think, you know, the, I'm, I'm enabling this interaction that wouldn't be enabled without me. And, and I'm expected to do that as the person doing it. The, the expectation is for the best people out there to be able to run this. That's how people have trust in the system, trust that, you know, when they answer a question, it's still going to be there in a month or a year or forever. At no point in time am I thinking, oh, I wish I had another job or I wish I didn't have to do this at three o'clock in the morning. The only thing I'm thinking is I want to get this done. I want this to work properly. I want to be proud of what I'm doing and I want to solve this problem. I don't want to go home. <laughs> I don't want to go to another place or be in another place or be in another job that doesn't have that level of responsibility. I, I love it. That drives me. Pressure. Some people thrive off of it. Some people don't. Let's get back to our story. Sam, you are trying to rebuild a database. How's that going? Done yet? There's this constant like trickling of, is it done yet? What are we going to do? Is it done yet? And that's coming in in Skype constantly, like in the background, and just kind of shut it off. So a lot of a lot of my work during that time is shutting off the rest of the world and just focusing on my task. Yeah, at some points I felt like going on Meta and say, let's just shut down this Meta thing for a few hours. I, I don't want to deal with it now. We can just shut this off and um, uh, let us just do what we're doing. But uh, I guess that's not our attitude and internally there were there were times like that these decisions are questioned it's like yeah let's just give up on this data people can live without five hours of data and the risk is really really high and people are saying that you know yeah you're you're risking stuff here there is this drive that is beyond that that i knew what the right thing to do was and i knew the risk and i knew that I could pull this one off. And I knew that it would sit on me. Look out, here comes Super Sam. What about the rest of the team? Don't you have to sort of convince them what you want to do here? There was no, let, let's have a committee. Let's have one big committee and decide what we're going to do and um, have meetings and go to the hallway. Like a lot, of, a lot of crisis situations are run like that, but it takes, you know, 24 hours to even decide what you're going to do and whether it's worth it. And... Um, run through a million steps, but um, it, it all ran very, very smoothly. Like we, everybody knew what their job was and what they could do in that in that situation, and we were all like filling our own roles. My, my role happened to be around recovering data at that point in time. All your SQL scripts are written, unfortunately not reviewed. You've looked over them any number of times, but eventually you're going to have to press the button. You're going to have to run the query and either restore the database or blow it up completely. At the end, yeah, at the end it comes down to like, do I press enter now or not? And I did. (laughs) And it worked out. (laughs) Steal. Steal. 
as a business owner or a development manager, you're incredibly lucky if you have people as committed as Sam and Jeff here. And Scott and I got to wondering, does Jeff Atwood, co-founder of Stack Overflow, does he understand just how good he's got it with employees like Jeff and Sam? And Scott sat down and talked to him about that and his impressions of how his team handled the October meltdown. So, so Sam talked to us about this idea that he was in the situation room. You know what I mean? Like as if, as if the, they were, he had a Star Trek moment. Like Sam had this moment where he wrote up this script that was going to recover the database. He had no peer review, but he also did not have a James Kirk to make that, to make that call for him to say, do it, you know, put the torpedoes in backwards. I know it, it all the paperwork says it won't work, but I'm sure it will work. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they put the torpedoes in backwards and it saves everyone. Uh, if you were there with him as he's got his finger on the enter key and he's like, I think that this is going to do it. What would you have said? Uh, I, I certainly would have supported it. I mean, I, I feel like everyone on the bridge, if you will, going with the Starfleet metaphor is, is extremely capable, you know, and, and they don't necessarily need me to, to, to tell them every little thing to do. I think it helps sometimes to have somebody focus so that everybody's sort of driving in the correct direction and mm-hmm. people aren't going uh, all over the place. But sure, no, I, I totally support that. And, you know. But what if he pushed the button and it deleted everything? Well, I think at, at the crisis point that they were at, um, it could only really get better. It's like when you're fully down, it's like, you know, sort of destroying even more data, which I don't think was actually possible. I think this was a recovery scenario, right? So it's like this is a best, best effort sort of thing from the get-go. Okay. Uh, so there's nowhere really to go um, but up in this case and get the data back. Of course. I mean, I appreciate where Jeff's coming from. What's he going to say? I didn't trust my team. I don't, I don't trust Sam. But I really wanted to dig in this. It's, it's easy with hindsight, the benefit of hindsight to say, yeah, of course, I would trust my guy. But would you really trust your wife, your friend, your coworker in that moment of pressure? That's 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 really surprising. It feels that seems like like I believe you, but at the same time, I'm like, wow, you guys like you you have that much kind of like uh, trust for each other that you can do that. Oh yeah, totally, totally. I mean, I I think when you when you work with people that that are you know Sam's in Australia and I'm half a world away and here in California, mm-hmm. um, you're you're dealing with people that are you know I mean they just get it done. You know, it doesn't. I don't need to be, I like to be there because I like to be part of the team and, you know, it, it's more fun to work as a team. But uh, part of the reason they were hired from the beginning was that they they get shit done. You know, like nobody has to tell them to do things. Um, in fact, one of the things I like to say partially tongue-in-cheek is that if, if I have to tell you what to do, mm-hmm. then you suck. You should be coming to me and saying, Jeff, you know, we really need to do X and Y, and there's all these things I really want to do. And, and you know, I just basically sign off on it and make sure, again, we're going roughly in the correct direction for the, the, the vision that we have for this thing. Um, but, but that's, you know, I just unleash them, you know, and then, and then they get things done. Did, there was something that you said in your post about the Chaos Monkey, about coming to blows. And what I, I want to, like, I'm not trying to like incite trouble, but I would like to understand why you seem so calm and very kind of like controlled and thoughtful right now. 
but in your blog post it was like you said something like came to blows and i'm trying to understand if that was just a phrase or if there was actual kind of tension there i think the, the crisis points i think are a little easier because everybody comes together every focuses um but but it, it's sort of the chinese water torture of like every day you have this thing failing that was a slightly different scenario that was just more like every day the chaos monkey is going to randomly pull the plug on one of our servers mm-hmm. somebody has to get out of bed or whoever's around has to deal with it um and it just grates on you because it's like the psychic weight of like every day you don't know when you don't know where <laughs> but the boogeyman's gonna poke you right like every day and after a couple weeks of this <laughs> you start to really get on edge like i remember jeff dalgas talking about this he's like he's like i, I just i dreaded going to bed I, I think this one was a little easier because it was just a you know a big crisis point there was a clear thing that was wrong uh, whereas with the, the chaos monkey scenario, I was like, we didn't know what was wrong. We, we we spent whole months trying to figure out like what that was, and doing all these crazy things. And when you get to the bottom of the barrel, we're like, okay, let's try this. Let's try this. That didn't work. Okay, now try this. Then you start to getting the crazy shit. That's like, should we even try? Does this even make sense anymore? Are we just like working on voodoo now? You know, is this like sacrificing chickens to the gods? Do we even know what we're doing at all? That's when <laughs> that's when tempers start to flare. <laughs> Because your crazy idea may not be any better than my crazy idea, right? Because we've exhausted all the normal human being ideas of like what this could be. And now we're like in outer space. Like I think the cosmic rays are flipping the bits of the memory, you know, and that's why this is happening. But isn't isn't that the kind of crazy stuff that isn't that like a that you're describing Star Trek, right? I mean, everything everything that we know is wrong, right? Yes. So you know, you stand here and I'll say this and we'll put the torpedoes in backwards and that will send us backwards in time to Thursday when you know, before it's, it's this kind of Rube Goldbergian physics do not apply kind of world. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, you know, and I think this is a more of a dead disaster recovery scenario, uh, you know, that we're describing, which is also traumatic. Don't get me wrong. But I think it's, it's so much saner when you have, okay, clear thing that is wrong. And then a, a some kind of path to solution. Uh, when you have something wrong that's like, you don't know what it is. You don't know where it is. You don't know when it's going to happen. Um, a few months of that, and literally it was months. It was like at least two solid months of, of sort of every few days um, that kind of thing would happen. Is It gets really old. And that's when tempers start to flare. Um, and fortunately, that, that is now behind us. Did, did, were there particular people that... That, and I'm not trying to call people out, but are there some people who just crack under the pressure and they're just like, you know? Well, if you go back to something I just said, I said, like, I, the re- if I have to tell you what to do, then you kind of suck. I mean, again, tongue in cheek. I'm not fully saying that. Uh, but the side effect is I have people working for me that are very, very talented, that, that know what they're doing. They don't really need my input to proceed necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes they, they want to push ahead. They don't really want... To, to have someone else make the decision decision for them. Um, and part of what it comes down to is like, okay, look, we have four things that we could do. I can't tell you which one is correct. I, I don't even know which one is correct myself, but I have to pick one, okay? Because we have to have a direction. Like we can't try four different things. We have to try one thing at a time in a some kind of order that, that makes sense to someone. And somebody just has to be the decision maker. Like someone has to call the shots in that case when there's not a clear path forward you know and not everybody and even now a lot of decisions we make not everybody agrees with everything we do and I, I wouldn't want them to like I don't want 
you know, a team full of yes men that are telling me, oh, yes, Jeff, you're brilliant. This is exactly what we should be doing. Um, of course, you're, <laughs> we'll do exactly what you say. I want them to push back and say, you know what? I don't know if this is even the right thing for us to do. Um, and that's cool. Um, but it, when you reach the breaking point of like, there's a lot of, you know, things going on that you don't understand and you've tried all the normal human being things. Uh, I think that's when that process starts to break down a little bit and everybody gets on edge. Um, I mean, if you look at people who advocate these pro programming tests, part of the reasons they give you these programming tests, they're meant to be a little bit stressful, right? You go into some interview, you have to write code you've never seen, you have to do something you've never done before, like with a time limit. And I will say that, like, there's some truth to this. Like, when people can't get things done in a reasonable time frame, that can be a problem, you know? Like, and, and in a point of crisis, like if you had a crisis like this, like you have a time window, like you have, you don't have all three days to think about, oh, what's the best way to do this? You know, it just has to get done. Um, and, and, and being able to think on your feet, think mm -hmm. quickly, um, and, you know, make key decisions and say, you know what, I, you know, based on the information that I have, you know, this is the way we I'm going to go. Um, and, and feel confident about it is, is really um, essential. I mean, that's what makes someone good. When you when you you started Stack Overflow and you started you talked to um, to Joel, there was no doubt like pressure to get it started. And then when it was going to crash that day, when it crashed that day, there was pressure. And then there's like everyday pressure or feature pressure or self imposed pressure. Is it more stressful when there's that kind of intense um, acute pressure, like the site's down, or is it more intense when there's the like kind of larger background pressure that uh, we we need to we need to get this this system migration working in the next two months, less acute but more kind of ongoing and slow, like water torture pressure. I, I think for us, it's it's a concept of almost like peer pressure of you know we're trying to do things. I mean, like we're a site for, well, Stack Exchange, the network is bigger than programmers, but Stack Overflow is obviously all about programmers. So like, how would you feel about a programming site where, and this of course happens, which is embarrassing, but they email you your password. This is a site for programmers where you say, hey, I need to do a password recovery. And they mail you your actual plain text password. Well, they, immediately you're like, okay, how seriously can I really take this site if it's run by people who don't understand the, the very basics of like, you know, not storing plain text passwords. The fact that you know my password indicates that you don't know what you're doing. Mm. Um, so operationally, um, if we can't keep the site, you know, fast, uh, reliable, um, you know, or just up at all, right, uh, that would mean we're kind of incompetent <laughs> as programmers, you know, as people who run a website. You know, it's not rocket science to run a website. I mean, there's a lot of things to get wrong, but, you know, mm -hmm. fundamentally, I would say the biggest pressure for me is uh, peer pressure. You want to be a good role model um, for the community. You know, you want to be uh, sort of a, an example of the way to do things properly. Like when you go to Stack Overflow and you, you look at a question, you expect an answer that's like, okay, this is reasonable, good practice for programming. So there's no reason you wouldn't have the same expectation uh, of the website, right? This is reasonable way to run, a, 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 you know, a top... 200 or top 250 website which is what we are now what, what do you what do you think is going on right now with the uh the guys over at playstation network like do you think that 
Is that still down? Yeah, dude, it's still oh, down. Oh man, that's just see. But again, it's just like this is borderline incompetence. This is like laughing stock type material. They're getting so, so kind of, I'm wondering, like, what do you think it's like over there? Are they, are they like freaking out and jumping off of buildings and stuff, or do you think that they're just like yelling at each other and they're starting to figure out, you know, should we put the should we put the torpedoes in backwards, or, or do you think they're doing this in a very meticulous kind of organized fashion? Those guys are so screwed right there i mean that's that's sort of the nightmare scenario it's like you go down and you like can't come back up it's like i've fallen and i can't get up <laughs> uh like the old tv commercial so man i don't even want to think about you know what that's like uh but but that's the type of thing we're trying to avoid it's like if you think about like how bad that would feel just as a professional like as a person who does a job whether it's running a website or programming mm. you know to, to be such a public example of of how not to do it <laughs> is like that's kind of the you know i don't want to say why i get up in the morning because you get up in the morning because we want to do positive things you want to like make the internet better that's the right, whole right. goal of that change but but i think the, the flip side is like i wake up in the morning it's like hey I, we have a little uh, motto which is like our our the way we run stack overflow and stack exchanges we try this is what we say we try very very hard not to suck okay <laughs> so every day we're like we want to suck a little bit less today than we did uh the day before um and things like being down it's like you know that's you're sucking more, not sucking less. So Google day. Google says don't be evil and you want to suck less. Yes, that's definitely the goal. Because we make tons of mistakes and we're very you know, public about you know, mistakes and what we're doing. And it's a learning process for us. We don't always get it right. Uh, but the, the learning is, is what's important. Is that, you know, first, fi- recover rapidly. I mean, rapid turnaround is really important to us. If something's wrong, fine, fix it fast. You know, and then learn something from it and move on and keep improving and making things better. Many thanks to the Stack Overflow team for their story today. And again, a big thank you to the folks at Code Rush for Visual Studio for helping support this developer's life. Code Rush has the fastest rename, the fastest find all references, fastest test runner. When it comes to creating, modifying, and refactoring code, nothing's faster than Code Rush. It's been on my ultimate power tools list since forever. Get Code Rush. I'll be glad you did. Check them out at devexpress.com slash Code Rush. We appreciate their support. Then this drink got me saying a lot But I know that God put you in front of me 
So how the hell could you front on me? It's a thousand years, it's only one of me. I'm tripping, I'm caught up in the moment, right? Cause it's Louis Vuitton dine night. So we gon' do everything the kind like. Heard they do anything for a Klondike. Well, I'll do anything for a Blondike. And she'll do anything for the limelight. And we'll do anything when the time's right. Uh, baby, you're making it.